Let's get into this. Today we are starting a brand new series called Money Talks, and all God's people said, yay! Uh, he's talking about money. Okay, all right, whatever, okay. But listen, we'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about that collective gasp, okay, in a second. I understand. But money really does talk, right? You know what I'm talking about. You ever walked into a car dealership with a wad of cash before? That'll talk a lot louder than uh, trying to get financing, okay? That's going to talk a lot louder. You try to buy a couch or, honestly, cash money, the cold, hard, green stuff. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That will get you a lot farther than if you're just trying to finance something over a certain amount of years. It really does talk in a lot of ways and can get you places that you normally wouldn't be able to get and to get you things that you might normally not be able to get for a certain deal. But most people don't really understand how money works. Money does talk, but a lot of times I don't think we're listening, okay? We don't listen to what money would actually be saying. And, and, and a big part of it is I think that we don't actually even know what God has to say about money. And we don't know how to make money work for us, right? How to steward the money that we get, steward the resources that God has given us uh, into bigger and better things than just the actual paycheck that you get week in and week out. How do you use it well? Well, I just saw a few days ago that uh, Ohio, as I was preparing for this message, I thought this was very interesting, that Ohio passed a new law that the high school students have to pass a financial literacy class before they can graduate from high school. Now, how many of us would have benefited from that, right? They're teaching all these things in high school that are absolutely ridiculous. And most of the stuff, you know, you never use like chemistry unless you became a chemist. Like you're not trying to mix things and, or unless you're crazy, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to, you know what I'm saying? But you're not using that, all right, for any other reason. But financial literacy, I mean, that is what I'm talking about. That is some practical life skills that I think every single kid could use coming out of high school. Um, I went to private school my whole life, and so uh, somehow I, I didn't end up going to public school at all. It just worked out. I went to a few different private schools, but uh, I ended up taking for my economics class, because I went to a Christian school, we did the financial piece by Dave Ramsey, and there's like a youth version of that that you can take, uh, and actually parents, I'd encourage you, I believe it's still out there, you can get that for your teenage students as well. You can help them in their finances by taking them through the financial piece by Dave Ramsey. It's for young adults specifically. And uh, Dave Ramsey, if you know anything about him, he was not a Christian man, okay? He, he ended up getting into, uh, he got a lot of money, was in real estate, made a boatload of money, millions and millions of dollars, and then lost it all, okay? And in the middle of that, he gave his life to Jesus, gave his heart to God, and then he basically decided he was gonna go against any, any kind of debt. He wasn't gonna get into any kind of debt. He was gonna build his business and build his wealth the right way and the hard way and over the long term. And he was gonna be extremely generous and give back to his local church throughout all of it. And it's amazing. No one has helped more people in the entire world get out of debt than Dave Ramsey. No one in the entire world. You, all the financial advisors combined have done maybe a dent of what Dave Ramsey has done uh, to help people get out of debt. And so I took that class in high school and didn't listen, uh, not to a word of it, okay? So just like most college kids, ended up getting into some debt myself uh, as a dumb college kid. And it weighed on me. It was tough. It was difficult. I was in thousands of dollars of debt as, as a college kid, just being stupid, just doing dumb stuff that didn't really matter, shouldn't have spent money on these things. And, and, and you know, I know that maybe you are in debt in this place today for, for different reasons, okay? Some of you might have a lot of debt. Some of you might have a little bit of debt. Could be credit cards. It could be student loans. Could be all kinds of different things. But you know this feeling that I'm talking about. Every person in this room, we did a poll the other day 
on the Radical Church Instagram, how many of you ever felt financially stressed at one point in your life? And it was 100%, it was a yes or no answer, 100% of the people put yes. This is a universal issue. All of us have faced this at some point, and you know that feeling, right? A feeling strapped for cash, of a feeling like you're in bondage, trapped by your finances, trying to figure out a way out, trying to figure out which bill you're gonna have to pay next, so, and the other one's gonna have to be late and you're just gonna have to push it off and hopefully it doesn't go 30 or 60 too late and get sent out to collections. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all have been there before and it's been bad and maybe some of you are there right now. And some of you might be in a great place financially, okay? You're like, hey, we're doing great. You know, I maybe went through that when I was younger, but not really, I'm doing great. And you might've thought that once you finally got all this money, I'm finally gonna be happy. Like this is what's gonna really help us in our marriage. This is what's gonna help us. You know, we bought all the Christmas presents for our kids we want, it's gonna be fantastic. But then you realize somewhere along the road that money does not buy happiness. It can't buy it. But anytime we talk about money in the church, there's that collective gasp. He's talking about money, right? There's that, that initial kind of gut reaction of like, oh no, what is this dude going to say right now? My wife is actually in the back right now going like, oh Lord, what is he going to talk about today? She doesn't even know. It's about to get crazy anyway. But you kind of have that initial reaction. And, and I, I think the reason is, is because there's three types of people that are sitting here right now today. You could probably categorize yourself in one of these three categories. Number one, you might have already checked out the second I told you this series was about money. You're like, this series is about money? Oh, man. He just like, well, some of y'all just walked right out the door. You know what I mean? Like, you're just completely mentally gone, not even there. Alec is leaving right now. He said, I'm gone, Pastor. I got my coffee. See you later. I love you, man. All right. You're completely gone. You just mentally checked out. Uh, but then there's the second category <laughs> that are people that are just waiting for some kind of a disagreement. You know what I mean? Like you're just waiting for me to get into the meat of this message so I can say something you disagree with and you say, ha, I knew you were just like all those other pastors. All you want is our money. That's all the church cares about is getting money from people. And you're just waiting for me to say something like that so you can never come back, right? I know there's probably some of y'all out there like that. I'm just being real, okay? Can we be real here today? I think you have to. If you're talking about finances, you gotta get a little real, you know what I'm saying? Okay. The third group of y'all here today are people that are here to learn what God says about money so that you can live financially free and learn how to be intentionally generous with what God has given you. Amen? I want to be in that category, and I would like to say that I'm in that category, right? And, and I would hope that by the end of today and by the end of this series that every single one of us would be in that category, that you wouldn't be checked out, you wouldn't be waiting for disagreements, you wouldn't think that necessarily the church is all about money and wanting your money. Listen, there are churches that are like that. I understand. I've seen them, I've been a part of I understand, okay? But what I want you to know is, is if you will plug into this series and come every single week, there are some surprises that you're gonna wanna be here for, I can promise you, okay? I'll talk to you about that in a second. Uh, and, I, and we're going to talk about what God says about money. And, and I want you to be able to live in a place where you are financially free. You don't have that burden hanging over you. And you can be ridiculously generous to everybody around you. All right? You guys ready for this? Let's do it. Why do we have this gut reaction when we talk about money in the church? Because in the church, if for so long, usually you either don't talk about it or you say that money is evil, right? Money is the root of all evil. How many of you ever heard that before? You heard that? Money is the root of all evil. Well, that's actually not what the Bible says. In 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So money inherently is not a bad thing. In fact, it can, it can help you and propel you into the future that God maybe has for you, to be honest. And you can be generous and help out and do many kinds of things like Operation Christmas Child and many things even beyond that. So 
there's a principle here that I want to tell you today. This is the first principle that I want to get across to you. One thing that, that we've learned is that money makes you more of what you already are. Money makes you more of what you already are. If you're a good person, money will simply just make you what? A better person. And if you are a jerk, it's going to make you more of a jerk. Things going to get crazy. If you like to party, you're going to party harder, okay? You know, that's basically what it is. And if you're a generous person, when you get more money, it's just going to amplify that and you're going to become more of a generous person. This is a principle that is not just biblical, but it is also secular. All kinds of financial advisors will tell you if you don't get to the root of the heart issue about money, if you don't change who you are, money will simply amplify what you already are. Another thing that I know is that 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That's a tough statistic, 78% of Americans. You know what the number one cause of divorce is in America? Let me tell you, it's not sex. Let me tell you, it's not problems with the kids. Let me tell you, it's not where you live or the in-laws. It's not any of the things you might fight about. It is money, the number one cause of divorce in America. And also, it is a completely different kind of fight. You know what I'm talking about? You have a normal fight, but then you have a money fight. That's some, mm, mm-hmm. All the married people said, amen, pastor. I know what you're talking about right now. Those kinds of fights are all kinds of different because it is your actual livelihood you're talking about. We're talking about putting food on the table. Like, are we gonna move to this place and I gotta get this new job maybe, or are we gonna stay here? I wanna be close to my family, but yeah, but we need money and we gotta do this. Maybe, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. Well, I need you to work. Well, I can't because I got this and you fight and fight and fight. And what about this? You're shopping too much. You're spending all of our money, you know what I mean? Or you're going out and eating out too much and you're spending all of our money. Like, why don't we save and do this? All kinds of things that you can get into. I know it is crazy. But the good news is today is that there are 2,500 scriptures about money and how to handle it and manage your resources in the Bible. So what does the Bible say about money? Well, the first principle, and and this is what everything about this series is gonna go off of, is what you sow, you will reap. Everybody say that. What you sow, you will reap. If you sow generously, you will get back generously. If you sow sparingly, you will get back sparingly. This is a biblical principle. Everything goes off of this. And the title of today's message is Five Things the Bible Says You Should Do With Money. Five things the Bible says you should do with money. And before I get into this, I'm going to tell you a lot of this is sourced from Dave Ramsey himself. I have a lot of respect for him and his his financial principles and everything. Uh, And so these five things are from Dave Ramsey, but we're going to add in a little bit of Radical Church and a little bit of Trevor up in here, okay, if that's cool with you guys. Uh, The first one is live on a written budget. Number one, live on a written budget. And let me say this too, before I get into this, there are scriptures for every single one of these, okay? This isn't just my opinion. This is Dave Ramsey's opinion, all right? This is actually biblical principles that we're talking about here today about your money. This is some straight Bible, people, all right? Luke 14, 28. Let's read it. It should be up on the screen for you. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, it'd be a little foolish, right, if you were trying to build a house. Let's say you're building a custom house, and you get about halfway through, and you run out of money, and then it's just kind of halfway done, or maybe the, the outside exterior is done, but then it's maybe just a shell, and there's nothing really on the inside, and you can't use it, and so it doesn't help you at all to be able to do that. Or, or maybe you're 
trying to start a business when you're barely able to pay the bills right now. It just doesn't really necessarily make a lot of sense. And so living on a written budget, actually, Jesus kind of talks about it right here. Wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost? I mean, this is just common sense. This is a practical thing that Jesus is helping us here. But what he's actually talking about in this passage is discipleship. And if you look at the top of that, if you're in your Bible or you might see it in your Bible app, it says the cost of discipleship at the top of that section. He goes through all these things of saying, hey, listen, it costs everything for you to follow me. You understand that? It costs everything for us to follow Jesus. You got to sit down and estimate the cost of what it takes to follow Jesus. But if you follow him and you give up everything you have, you know what you're going to get back? You're going to get everything back from Jesus. You're going to get blessing. You're going to get eternal life. You're going to get healing. You're going to get joy, peace, love, pain. All of these things will be added to you. So how can we apply this principle to our finances, though? Uh, This is a very simple concept. Sometimes you need to give up your comfort now to achieve financial freedom later, right? You need to give up some things now, give up some comforts and joys and pleasures now so that you can have financial freedom later. Now, this is not the kind of thing that you wanted to hear today, right? Because you wanted to go out to eat after this, and now you guys are going to be talking to me like, I guess we got to eat leftovers today. I mean, all right, this is, this is what it is. Pastor said we can't eat out today. That's not necessarily what I'm saying, but you know what I mean. You and your financial situation, you got to think, do we need to give up some things right now so that we can have more blessing and be able to give more generously and live in a better financially free place later? It's hard. You know why? Because following Jesus is hard too, Right? He said it was not going to be easy. It's not going to be like a little cakewalk. Once you start following Jesus, everything's going to be great. You know, sunshine in the neighborhood, looking great. That's not what he said. In fact, almost every single one of the disciples ended up getting killed for their faith in Jesus. Following him is hard because he asks us to give our whole lives to him, not just to trust him for our salvation. And we'll do that, right? We'll say, oh, I believe in Jesus and I want to go to heaven for sure, but but I want to hold on to my finances and I want to deal with that the way that I want to deal with that, right? But we need to give him everything in our lives and that includes our finances and our stuff. And recognizing that everything belongs to him in the first place, I think is the first step to financial freedom, amen? When you recognize everything that you have, Everything that you are, every, every car that you've ever had, every house, the clothes that are on your back, every single thing that you own in your life, it all belongs to God. And when you realize that first, that is the first mindset shift that you need to make in order for you to have financial freedom in your life. So live on a written budget. That is number one. Number two today, and I'll encourage you, please take notes during the series because you're going to want this later on. I promise. Number two is avoid debt. Avoid debt. Excuse me. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Yikes. That's a tough one right there. Why do we get into debt? Why do we as humans get into debt? Why is this something that most of us are in? Many, many Americans are in debt and have thousands of dollars of credit card debt, student loan debt, all kinds of different things. And some of it is good debt. I totally understand that. And sometimes it's not your fault, right? I mean, maybe you have a a crazy medical emergency and you have to go to the hospital or, and you're in the hospital for weeks and weeks and there's thousands of, your insurance doesn't cover certain things and you end up getting in debt or, or maybe you have taxes or something that hits you real hard one year in your business and it's just a, a difficult thing. And, but more often than not, I told you we we're about to get real here today, okay? So y'all bear with me, all right? More often than not, it's because of two reasons. Number one is because we're lazy and we don't want to work hard, right? Amen? 
And a lot of people will rely on the government for a handout. And listen, let me tell you, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. All right, that is the way that the Bible talks about that. I'm just gonna be plain and simple with you. If you're being lazy, all right, don't expect to not be in debt and don't expect to have money to where you can give generously and live the way that God wants you to financially free, amen? So work hard, get a job, work hard. I know it's difficult right now, but do the best you can with what you have in this season that you're in, okay? But the, the more often than not, I don't think that's many people. I think that's a few people. Most people, the reason that they get into debt is because they simply just haven't made the conscious decision to live within their means. They haven't made that. It's a conscious decision. That doesn't happen by accident, right? You don't just accidentally win the Super Bowl, okay? You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady, there's a reason why he's the GOAT the greatest of all time. Tom Brady doesn't just like stroll right up into, you know, the Buck Stadium and they just toss for 400 yards and five touchdowns on accident. The guy wins because he made a conscious decision that he was going to work hard. He was going to put his life and invest everything that he had into winning this game. And I'm telling you, if you make that conscious decision to say, I am going to live within our means. We're going to do this. This is how we're going to live. You will be able to win in financial freedom as well. And, and, just being real, okay, I hear a lot of people. I've heard this for years and years, and, and, and I've been in this position. I know some of y'all have too. I've heard people say, they come to my pastor, and they say, you know, like, we're struggling, and it's really difficult right now. We don't have a lot of money, and, and I don't really know what to do, and it's a difficult time for us right now. Well, that's because you took out $100,000 of student loans, and then on top of that, you bought two brand-new cars and got scammed at the dealership, and then you bought a house that you couldn't afford, because you want to keep up with the Joneses. And then you got the iPhones, the electronics, the Apple Watches, the computers, everything else. You go on vacation three times a year and you eat out at Chick-fil-A and Whataburger every single day. And then you come and say, well, we're struggling. It's a really difficult time right now. Well, yeah, of course it's difficult. Of course we're struggling right now. It's obvious. It's common sense. And this is a biblical principle. The rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is slave to the lender. So many of you in this place today, I'm telling you, you are a slave to the system right now because you have put so much of your life investing it into debt. Now, there's good debts and there's bad debts. We know that. And some of it is not your fault and you can't do anything with it. But listen, what I'm encouraging you to do right now is to take a look at the debts that you do have, all right? Do an honest audit of it, right? Do an audit with you and your spouse or with you and yourself. If you're a college kid, you're single, whatever, just do an audit of your finances and say, hey, where are we actually at? And what can I cut out so that I can be financially free? Because I don't want to be a slave to anybody other than Jesus. Amen? Come on now. And the reason why debt is such a problem is that debt destroys options. Debt destroys options. It destroys all kinds of things that you could do. Well, we can't do this because we don't have money. And I, I know it's a difficult thing. You say, like, man, I want to get my kids some great Christmas presents, and I'm not able to right now because we don't have money. That's a, that sucks. I'm just be real. That's not a, not a fun place to be in. We were, I think we were kind of there last year, to be honest. We had just started the church, and it was, it was difficult, right? And, and I was working two jobs, trying to make ends meet and trying to do whatever I could to help, but, but I want to be able to do more for my son. I want to be able to do more, and, and I, some of y'all maybe know that feeling, what I'm talking about right now, okay? But it destroys options. I want to go on a vacation. Let's, let's get out of here, and, and let's go have some fun and get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Well, we can't because we're in debt. We can't because we have too many monthly payments right now, and to be honest... The thing that I would hate more than anything else is I would hate to not be able to give to somebody in need when God tells me to because I'm stuck in debt. If God speaks and tells me to give, I want to be able to give. 
And if I can't do that because I've limited myself based on the, the, the debt that I have and the payments I have, and maybe I'm not working hard or whatever it might be, listen, I don't ever want to have God's will for my life and God's will for somebody else's life be stopped because of my disobedience and my finances. Amen? We had the opportunity uh, as a church. Man, I'm going to get super real with y'all today. I hope that's all right. Okay. We had the opportunity to, uh, the last couple of weeks to purchase some land for a radical church. Okay, it was an opportunity that we had. Um, but after a lot of prayer and going even back and forth with offers, and it was, we were in it, okay? It was very, it, almost gonna happen kind of a thing. I started praying a lot more and I realized it just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time, okay? How many of you ever done this before? Have you ever uh, not prayed about something or not talked to somebody that is an elder in your life or somebody you know that is wise in a certain area in your life and you just didn't want to talk to them because if you asked them their opinion, you knew what they were going to say and you weren't going to like it? You know what I'm talking about? I was doing that with the Lord. I'm going to be straight up with you guys, okay? I was just like, to be honest, I didn't pray about it for about a week. A week. I didn't say anything. I was just like, yeah, no, this is good. It's, it's smart. It makes sense. This is... This makes sense, right? I'm like trying to convince myself that this is the right thing to do, right? But then I ended up going to talk to some of my elders and my overseers, other pastors that I respect that have been through this thing before. I really got on my knees and was like, God, if this is it, you better tell me because I really need to know. And every time I prayed about it, I felt worse about it. Every time I talked to another pastor, I didn't feel good about it. Every time I talked to my dad, I didn't feel good about it. You know, I just, it wasn't the right time and I had to come to grips with that. And, and that was difficult. And we did something called the Fall Festival the other day, and I started thinking about, you know, if we were paying all this money for a little piece of land that we don't even have a building on, would we be able to have seven, 800 people come to a Fall Festival and give away candy to kids and reach out to our community in that way? There's no way. There's no way to be able to do that. We'd be able to appreciate our volunteers and to give back to you and, and to help people find and follow Jesus, right? Would we be able to effectively accomplish the mission that God has given us if we did that right now? I don't think so. And we're about to give away so much money this month, you have no idea, okay? I'm telling you, you have no idea. I'm going to tell you right now, every single person in this room, listen, listen up, okay? Every person in this room, make sure that you come back next week and invite a friend because you can tell them, Pastor Trevor in Radical Church is giving away money to every single person that walks through the doors next week. I kid you not. You're like, you're lying. I'm not. I am dead serious. We are giving away money to every single person that comes through the doors. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do with it, okay? But we are giving money away to every person that comes in the door. So invite a friend. Maybe somebody that would never come to church say, hey, pastor said he's going to give you some money if you come. You know, get him in the door. I don't care how you do it, right? We're going to reach people for Jesus, okay? So um, come next week. But we're about to give away so much money, and we would never be able to do that. We'd never be able to do any of this stuff if we had bought this land. And and I had to come to grips with the fact that I'd rather invest in reaching people for Jesus and helping you follow him better. And I would take people over property every single time. Yes. Every single time. And I would encourage you in your life, would you take people, would you take investing in others and giving to the poor and giving to those that are in need, would you take that over your stuff every single time? Would you take that over your house? Would you take that over your car? Because if not, that's a heart check. Check your heart. Seriously, it's a difficult thing, I know, because in America, it's all about our stuff and all about our things, but I finally decided I gotta take people over property. I'll do that every time, but man, it was hard. 
I wanted it, right? I mean, we want it, right? As a church, we're like, let's get some land. Let's put a building on it. Let's go, right? But it wasn't the right time. It was hard to make that decision. You know what? You've been there before. I know you have because it's so easy to walk in and see that new couch at the, at the store, right? You go in and say, ooh, 18 months, 0% financing, honey. That sounds great, doesn't it? That's a deal. That perfect shiny card, guys, that you want that truck that you've been eyeing that whole time. Come on, Tyler knows what I'm talking about here. That shiny truck you see, it's a great deal. Honey, they got a $5,000 rebate. Let me get some money back. This is great, right? This is a good deal. This land is perfect. It's right in the location that we want. It's, it's in the middle of Kyle, exactly what we want, and, and it's a great deal. And let me tell you that sometimes Satan's plans sometimes come disguised as great opportunities. Sometimes Satan's plans will come, and I'm not saying this land was some kind of Satan's plan or anything. Don't get me wrong, but what I am saying, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes great opportunities come, and it sounds good initially. It sounds good on the outside. It makes sense. But sometimes Satan's plans come disguised as great opportunities. What are those things in your life that maybe you need to turn down so that you can be financially free? What are those things in your life? The next thing is foster high-quality relationships. Write that down. Foster high-quality relationships, okay? 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Let's flip that around. A lot of times when you read a Bible passage, if you flip it to the opposite thing, it might help you understand it a little bit better. Good company forms good habits, all right? If you have good company, you form good habits. What did I have to do in order to make that correct decision that I made? I had to get around men that have been through what I was about to go through. I had to get around them, good, godly men that have managed their money well, that have managed their churches well. And I had to ask them, what do you think about this? And when they gave me the advice, I did what they said. And I did what the Holy Spirit said. To be honest, the best company that you could have, right, is the Holy Spirit. Inviting the Holy Spirit into the process of decision-making in your finances is the best thing that you could possibly do. I'm telling you, get around some people that love God and manage their money well, and you will love God and manage your money well too. So if you're around people that are selfish, only think about themselves, how are you gonna be? You're gonna be selfish and only think about yourself. If you're around positive people, you become positive. If you're around people who are generous, you become generous. And so I'm gonna provide an opportunity for every person here today as well. I told you we're giving away a bunch of money. We're gonna do a lot of crazy stuff this month. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But something that we're gonna do in January, we actually had Financial Peace University, the class from Dave Ramsey. Uh, We had one uh, session of it, I think, this last year we did. And we wanna do that again. And I think it's so important to talk about the finances that we have in our lives and to get around people that are going through the same thing, godly people that are working towards a common goal of being financially free, right? That we can lift each other up and help each other through this. And Chelsea Picasso, she's actually a banker and she led it last, uh, last time around and she has a huge heart for it. They're watching online today. Hello, Chelsea. I'm plugging it for you. I promised you I would, okay? Uh, but we're doing that in January. And what we do as a church as you go through, it's about sixty to hundred dollars. I can't somewhere in there, sixty hundred dollars, and you sign up for it and you pay for it. Okay, and let me tell you, sixty to hundred dollars, however much it is, is a small investment for you to be financially free. Okay, so if you say that's too much money, I promise it's not. And let me tell you why, because if you graduate the class at the end, we will reimburse you the cost of it. And the reason we do, I don't care how many of you go through it. If 50 of you went through it, I don't care. We will reimburse every single one of you. Why? Because I believe in that program and I also believe in what God will teach you through the program, amen? 
we'll reimburse you for it because that is a small, small investment for our people to be financially free and for all of us to be able to give as generously as we can. So you can actually go ahead and sign up for that in the Church Center app. It should be in the Rad Groups category. And I literally, right now, get out your phone. If you're interested in this, sign up for Financial Peace. We don't know the date and time, but we know it's going to start in mid-January, okay? So go ahead and just put your info in there, and then we'll be able to send you the info once we learn more about it, okay? Foster high quality relationships. Get around people that love God and manage their money well. The, the next thing, number four, we're almost done here today, is save and invest. Save and invest your money. Proverbs 21, 20. In the house of the wise are stores of food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. All right. Uh, how many of y'all like breakfast? Come on now. Are you a breakfast person? I'm a breakfast person. I love it. Specifically, I love Spicy Bite Tacos here in Kyle. It's right around the corner. Uh, I actually went there this morning with our Connections Director, Richard, because Lindsay, my wife, is pregnant. We're expecting our second child, and she said, you bringing breakfast? I said, yeah, because I bring my baby breakfast whenever she asks for it. Come on now. So uh, I left everybody here. I said, Richard, can you take me to go get some breakfast for Lindsay? And, and so... Uh, something that we normally do is, is I'll go and uh, about once a week we'll get spicy bite, sometimes more, okay? Uh, financial series. What am I giving up? Okay, anyway. Uh, I'll get three potato, egg, and cheese. It's her in Oakland. They'll eat the potato, egg, and cheese, and then I'll get two sausage, egg, and cheese. They'll eat one each, and then they'll save one of them for a later time. I do not. <laughs> I eat both of mine because I, number one, I'm a large guy and I like to eat, all right? You know, I played sports my whole life. I'm a big dude. I like to eat my food, okay? And I love breakfast food. So I get my sausage, egg, and cheese and I eat them up. Last week she said, why don't you just save one like we do and just eat one and then you'll have another one on a different day and that will be better. And I said, all right, fine, I'll try this. And so I just ate one of them and reluctantly I put the other one into the fridge. And the next morning I wake up completely forgot that I had even done that. And I walk in, I'm just like, ah, what am I having for breakfast this morning? And I open up the fridge and, ah, <laughs> spicy bite taco waiting right there for me. I'm like, Angel put this in here? What's going on? It's like, oh, I just put that in there yesterday. That's amazing. You know why? Because in the house of the wise are stores of food and oil and the foolish man devours all he has. Normally I'm foolish, but that day I was, I felt very wise about myself. Okay. Thank you, baby, for that wisdom. Uh, it was a beautiful taco ready for me to eat. Here's the principle. It's easy to make money. It's, you can make money in all kinds of different ways, but it's not easy to keep it. It's hard to keep it and to hold on to it and to store it up, okay, because you want to spend, spend, spend. There's constantly, what, food advertisements on TV. If you're watching the games later, you'll see all kinds of food advertisements. You'll see all kinds of things starting real soon for what? Black Friday and then Cyber Monday, Christmas shopping, come get your gifts, come get your gifts, come buy stuff that you can't afford. Come on, come on, come on, come on, get out here, let's do it, let's go. And, it, and they, they, they put this sense of urgency in you, like you have to do it right now, come on, you're gonna miss it. Your kids aren't gonna be happy with you if you don't, right? That's what culture will try to tell you, come spend your money. And they try incredibly hard to get you to spend what you have. But this is what we're gonna do as a church, okay? I wanna encourage every single one of you, especially if you go through financial peace, you'll learn this. Save three to six months of your expenses, three to six months of your income for an emergency fund. 
Save your money. I, I, I don't know how else to say this, okay? We're talking about it in church today. Save your money. Don't spend everything all in one place. You tried to learn that as a kid, right? You, you give your kids things and you give them $5. You say, okay, you can either spend it right now or you can split it up into two things or you give them 10 bucks, whatever. And they just, what do they do? Most of the time, they just spend it all right then, okay? Don't be like that. Save your money and get an emergency fund going. And I'm gonna say something that's a little bit encouraging, I think, for me. It's pretty great. Radical Church has an entire year of money saved up, an entire years for an emergency fund. So if everybody in this room stopped tithing right now, we would be completely okay for at least one year. I think we can praise God for that because that's because of you, the people that give every single week. The church has done well, and I think a lot of it is because we are incredibly generous, and we do give 10%, if not more, of our money away every single month to missions, to local outreach, to different things like that. Uh, and so if all y'all stop tithing, then we would be totally fine for your year. Now, don't test me on that, okay? Like, don't test the Lord and <laughs> test the church. Don't do that, okay? That's not what I'm talking about today. But 2020, that's an emergency, right? That was an emergency, like you got to add some little inflection into that because that was crazy. How many of you found yourselves stuck a little bit last year? I know a lot of people struggled. Layoffs, job changes, decrease, uh, decreases in your profit margins for your business, whatever it might have been. And if you had saved up four to six months of your income, that might have been a little bit easier for you to handle, right? Some of you had that and some of you didn't. And I guarantee you, if you did, you would have been able to have a lot more options, a lot more flexibility to, to change jobs or to move or to do something different, to take a little bit more risk in the middle of the hard time to, to add to your finances. But if you didn't, then you were just stuck and you had to scramble and figure something out. And it's very difficult. I understand. It definitely would have helped. And so save, save, save and invest your money in good places. And there's all kinds of financial advice we can give. You go through that at Financial Peace University as well. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty of that here. The last thing that is very, very important, if I can get Sadie uh, to come on over, Nason, whoever's playing, Tim, doesn't matter. Um, so, we've got a lot of people that play keys around here. Somebody. Be incredibly generous. That's the last point. Number five, if you weren't taking notes, just write that big across your phone, write that big across your paper. Be incredibly generous. When you have no debt, or at least no bad debt, okay, when you have an emergency fund, when you're financially free, what are you able to do at that point? You are able to give like Jesus does. You're able to give everything that you have for others, and that is a liberating feeling. It really, really is. As a church, we are able to do that right now. Uh, Tim was just talking to me about this the other day, and, and I just thought this was so evident. We had our fall festival, and I don't think one time did I think about the finances of that fall festival, just being completely honest. Of course, I were trying to get good deals on things and vendors and stuff like that, but I wasn't worried about it because we have the margin to be able to give back to our community. It, did not, it didn't affect me at all. And in fact, I was actually just excited that we were able to spend money on people. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited when we get to give money to missionaries like we're about to do in a couple weeks from now on Mission Sunday when we have that two weeks from now. I'm excited to be able to give money to people that are in need and to help people that have babies around here. We do meal trains and we give them gifts and we do all kinds of stuff. We're so generous as a church and it's all because of you, I understand, but we're able to do that because we are financially free and we can give like Jesus 
gives. What did Jesus give? He gave everything, right, that he had for you and for me by giving his life on the cross so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And the last thing I want to encourage you to do is be incredibly generous. And a part of that is give to your local church. Give to your local church. I'm serious. I don't care what you think about this. We're going to talk about tithing in a little bit, but I promise you it is a biblical concept to give generously to the local church. Why? Because the things that Jesus tells us to do, to give to the poor, the hungry, the needy, we're doing that here. So find yourself a church. If you don't think that that's us, that's totally cool. But get involved in a local church. I don't care if it's a church down the road. It doesn't doesn't matter. Just find a place and get plugged in and buy into what God is doing there. And if you can do that and you can start giving generously through your local church, I promise you, we're feeding kids. We're helping people all around the world. We're giving to missions and people in Serbia right now. And kids are, people in Serbia are finding Jesus right now because of the Blakeleys that are missionaries out there right now that we're supporting. And, and they watch every single Sunday. I hope you guys are on today. I hope you guys are doing this. They, they just said the other day that they started a youth group. Amazing, right? Incredible, incredible. One of the most unreached places. There's hardly anybody that's a Christian there. And yet you're having an impact on people in Serbia finding Jesus through your giving. That's incredible. My man, Trey Williams and Cora Ministries builds, uh, they help build wells and they give uh, sustainable food and things like that. And they teach kids uh, in, in Central America. It's amazing. He lives right here in Plum Creek and he goes whenever he can. And he's a great guy. And, and he's doing an incredible mission, feeding kids and helping them to have good nutrition and teaching them about Jesus. That's what your giving goes toward as well. Give to your local church. And I just want to encourage you, we'll talk about tithing, but on a different day. But if you haven't ever given to a church before and you haven't, you think, well, I'm strapped for cash and I'm, I'm financially, you feel that burden on, you know what I'm talking about? Start somewhere. And the Bible is the only thing that God says to test them in. Test me in this. See if I won't fling open those windows of heaven, right? Test them. See what happens. I guarantee you, if you will start giving and being faithful in this area of your life, in this area of your walk with Jesus, he will bless you and he will give you favor, Okay guarantee it. Give to your local church. If that's here, that's great. And if it's not, find somewhere where you can buy into what they're doing. Amen. I want everybody to stand here today. I want to tell you something that we're going to do. I said next week, we're giving away money to every single person that walks in the doors. I'm not kidding. We really are doing that. Invite a friend. There's another week we're doing Mission Sunday. We're going to give money to some of our missionaries. There's another week I want you to invite every single one of the service workers that you know. I'm talking retail. I'm talking food service. Anybody that serves people during the holiday season, they're working long hours over Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we're going to give money away to every single one of them. Okay, I'll tell you about that later. That's another week we're going to do. But then there's one thing that I'm more excited about than anything else, and that is on December 5th, we're gonna do something called a miracle offering. It's a miracle offering. This is something we're gonna do every single year, a miracle offering. And what is the miracle offering? It is the one time of year where we get together as a church and say, you know what? We're gonna go above and beyond our tithe. We're gonna go above and beyond and believe in the mission and the vision of Radical Church, of our church, that we're going to reach our community and reach the world for Jesus 
for the advancement of the gospel and the advancement of the local church, we're going to give the largest offering of the year on Miracle Offering Sunday on December 5th. And let me tell you, we have a big goal, okay? I was praying about this and I just was asking God, what kind of goal should we set for this and what should we put this towards? And we're going to put it toward a few things and I'll tell you about what those are in a little bit, but I just want you to prepare your heart for that offering. And our goal is $30,000 we want to raise in one day. One day. If we can get $30,000 in one day at this miracle offering, man, that would just be amazing. And what we're going to put it towards, I'm going to tell you about soon. It's going to be incredible. But all these things that are happening this month, there's no way we'd be able to give away so much money that we are if it was not for your generosity. It was not for the generosity of God towards us and his faithfulness towards us. And on that day, we're going to give a surprise Christmas gift to somebody that I'm very excited about. A surprise Christmas gift to a couple of people that are really in need. They don't know that it's happening. One of them's sitting in the room right now and they have no idea that it's coming. But we're able to do that because we're financially free. Amen, you understand? This is such an important thing for us to get. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray for you right now and I want every head bowed, every eye closed, okay? I want this just to be a personal thing because I know it's finances and I understand there's people think different things about this, okay? And they don't want everybody knowing their stuff, all right? So nobody looking around. I just want to ask you, do you feel financially stressed? Okay, do you feel strapped for cash right now? Are you, do you need a job? Are you in a job that you don't like and you want something different? Are you, is your company about to have to move you out? Or are you getting fired over different kinds of things You know that's going on in our world right now? Are you going to have to leave? Whatever it might be, okay? Are, are you in that position where you need a touch from God on your finances? Will you just raise your hand and look up at me right now? I see a few people. Amen. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you, I see you. If, if that's you, raise your hand. I just want to see you. I see you. Okay, you can put your hand down. Yes, I see you in the back. Yes. A good amount of people raised their hands here today, at least a dozen, maybe more. And I just want to pray with every single person here right now that you would be freed from this pressure that's on you. That your marriage would thrive, that your finances would thrive and God would bless you. As you're faithful to him and he's gonna be faithful back to you, I promise. And every single person, I challenge you to start giving today, right now, and see what God will do in your life. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, I pray for every single person that's in the house of God today. You would help us to live financially free, not so that we can spend more on ourselves, not so that we can be more selfish, not so that we can amplify our bad qualities, God, but so that we can amplify you so that we can amplify the message of the gospel and spread it even farther and spread it faster, be a blessing to our neighbors, be a blessing to our friends, be a blessing to our kids over the holidays and Christmas to our extended family. And God, I pray that you would bring jobs right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that jobs are being had in the name of Jesus, that jobs are coming forth in the name of Jesus. God, that you would provide opportunities for people uh, to, to sustain their life, that you would give them their daily bread. Whatever that looks like for them and their family, Lord, would you give that to them right now? As they come to you and they raise their hand and say, God, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the weight. Maybe they're stressed out in their marriage and they're having money fights or they've had money fights. They know how it feels, God. I pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, would give them provision, God, because you are our provider. We believe that everything that we have comes from you. So God, I ask right now, 
for an abundance of blessing, an abundance of favor over every single one of these people that are here today, whether they raise their hands or not. And that God, that you would challenge us by your Holy Spirit to give and be generous, just like your son, Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed still, I just wanna give an opportunity before we leave today. There might be somebody in here that says, hey, I, you know, I haven't given my life over to Jesus before. And I know we preached about money today and it's not the most, you know, quote unquote spiritual thing today, but you might know you're in this place, hey, I need to give my life back to Jesus. I don't care what we're talking about here today. Everything is about Jesus, right? I need to give my life back to him. I haven't been following him. I've been far away from him right now. Maybe I need to rededicate my life to him or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. Let me tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make. He's gonna come alongside you in every area of your life and he's gonna help you. And so if that's you and you need to give your life to him or you need to rededicate your life to him, will you just raise your hand at me right now? You know that that's you, if that is you. Come on, I see you, I see you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I know there's somebody, come on. Is that you? Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Anybody else? Come on, would everybody pray this prayer with me? Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I give you my life. I give you my heart and my mind. I give you everything I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, three people said yes to Jesus today. Would you give it up? God is good. You mean to tell me we can preach about money and have people saved? My goodness. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, do this more often. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with y'all. Hey, thank you guys so much for coming today to Radical Church. Fill out the Connect card. Download the Church Center app. Get involved in what's going on in the life of our church. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.